0: Welcome in to 2 for 1 Drafts. Austin Gale here, the host of the 2 for 1 Drafts podcast with Mike Renner, a rookies and draft prospects podcast. Today, we are redrafting the top 10 in the 2020 NFL draft. We've seen 10 weeks of football. We've seen... You know, a ton of talented rookies play. Let's see where the redraft would stack up. Then we're going to do our classic rookie and prospect previews to matchups to watch We uh, this upcoming weekend. Our green line picks. I got an extra green line pick this week. Tune in for that. And then to finish the podcast, we interviewed Jordan Palmer, former NFL quarterback who currently has worked with or trained Josh Allen, Kyle Allen, Sam Darnold, Joe Burrow. Talk about all those guys and more. Uh, a lot of fun stuff at the end of the podcast. Let's get it. the top 10 of the 2020 NFL draft and just 10 weeks in I feel like it's very easy to overreact what we've seen and just throw like Michael on Waynu, mm-hmm. number one overall he's the highest graded rookie Justin Jefferson at two how are you tempering expectations here or tempering how far you're going with what you've seen over the 10 weeks because you have to keep your pre-draft evaluation somewhat
1: yeah no I, I think that's it it's more just like uh the pr- these, what, eight, nine games, nine, ten games that we've seen so far this season is not all I'm basing this off of. Like, it's it would be very easy to just, like, like I said, put our highest-graded rookies, but they're still, just like the final year of college for someone is not all you base mm-hmm. them off of. Like, the, the, you want as much information as possible. And so I do think, especially at certain positions, quarterback being one of them, that you go back to what you saw pre-draft uh, because I think that, you know, when you, need it, when you need a big sample size like that, that college uh, sort of production still, and what they did there, still plays. I know we just jumped right into the redraft.
0: I, I know you're visiting, or we want to get, like, a personal story before we start here. Holidays. Mm. Meeting the family of the new girlfriend. Are you excited for it? What are some strategies? I feel like a lot of people, ha- that's a pressure high-pressure situation for a lot of people. I know you're I'm Mr. Cool. cool. I, I know I you're Mr. Cool, but uh, any strategies, any tips? It doesn't even the move
1: the needle here? for me. Uh, I think my strategy is, so I'm actually going, like, to stay at her her parents place in Cleveland Oh, and you're her staying family's there. place in Cleveland um which is a big play and so that one I'm not sure how I'm going to approach it I think I'm going to be quiet I don't want to be my yeah. usual uh maybe sometimes inappropriate self that could stay not away play from the other well. lights dude that's you all can't I'm be gonna be racking yeah, up like 20 lights it, I'm going to have a drink but I'm not going to drink and I'm going to it's gonna play the nice guy. I liked it, you know. I definitely liked it. And then it. they can find out that I'm a monster later on. That that's perfect. That's perfect.
0: I have one time I met my it was like a high school or something. A high school girlfriend I met her parents for the first time, and it was cool. I was Mr. Cool, sixteen year old me, fucking oh, yeah. confidence galore. Um, I go in the recliner. I go to it's been like an hour. I go in the recliner. I go to kick it up. I push the thing on the side the wrong way and fucking snap it. Oh. I snap the damn recliner thing, and the the dad is livid. I'm like. I'm a piece of shit, I guess. And then, like, we spend the entire rest of the time, like, trying to figure out how to glue it back. It was horrendous. Uh, Man, the, the, I
1: can't imagine. I've never had, like, a girlfriend's parents be, like, upset at me. Yeah. That has to be upset. the most awkward feeling. It was very awkward. Yeah. Because, like,
0: I was apologizing a ton, but the dad wasn't having but he it. Was, yeah. And, like, the mom was like, dude, you're fine. It's just yeah. a recliner. <laughs> He's blah, nuts. Blah, blah. But I, it ended time. up being, like, a longer relationship, and it was still broken when I ended up bringing up with her, like, a couple years later. It's Yeah. Like, you know, I, I made a lasting impact on it? her and... Let's not get into that. Okay. Like, are you, right, you, that. you also realize you just described the scene. I don't know if you guys have seen Saving Silverman. I don't think so. Oh, uh, deep he, cut. Maybe I'll maybe I'll uh, stitch that in. Stitch <laughs> some in some Silverman when, it, in. when he breaks the lug nut. You basically just described that
1: that whole scene.
2: Oh, take mine! Take mine! Take mine! Give her the old
0: sweeperoo.
1: Yep. Yeah. Old Ethel, we've been through a lot of games together. Enjoy. <laughs> Let me help you with it. She's got multiple reclining positions. That's okay. I can be supportive. No, I'm
2: sorry. It's a little stuck.
1: No, no. It's fine. Takes I a little just... muscle. It's okay. Come I... on, you
2: fucking piece of shit. I don't need... I, I got it. It's no trouble.
0: Oh, oh, hey, are you okay? Hey, sorry. Whoa. You
1: know what? I think I... Yep. It's the lug nut. Fixed it. Please, have a seat.
2: I'll stand.
1: Did it, you steal that, that say, story
0: I didn't like, know I feel like he maybe did, but I've <laughs> I, I never it's, seen it's that funny, it. so it's a good excuse anyway. yeah. it was uh, that relationship was weird, but your first relationship in high school, you're mm. still figuring some things out. I don't think about it, Mike, why you got to bring that? Yeah, up? Just asking. Um, all right, well, let's get back into the redraft here. Go ahead and kick me off here with number one, or how do you want to do this? Do you want to go I go one, you go one? Or we go down the list? I think that makes the most sense. Yeah well, we Who just, did you have the Cincinnati
1: Bengals take? I went Joe Burrow. I, th- I think they stay with Joe Burrow. I don't, I don't think you have any buyer's remorse here if you're the Cincinnati Bengals. And it's not like there's a number of reasons. Justin Herbert's look great. But I think, like, Joe Burrow, the level of accuracy we've seen from him and the stat that I love to go back to is that intermediate accuracy when he's throwing to that intermediate level. He's the fifth most accurate quarterback in the NFL. Like, the other guys in that, like, top 5 to 10 range – are all the elite quarterbacks in the nfl brady's in there Breeze is in there rogers in there matt ryan like those are the guys that's how you win is to be able to hit those throws on a consistent basis joe burrow already does that as a rookie i, I think to me the rest will come and and the situation around him as we'll talk about with jordan palmer a little later on here in this the situation once that improves i, I think you'll see joe burrow take his game too a ceilingless level
0: yeah I also have Joe Burrow going to the Cincinnati Bengals at one I think some people uh, we've talked about him having the stake Justin Herbert having the sizzle the highlight reel for Herbert has looked better but with Burrow what you know he is performing better on early downs he's performing better from a clean pocket his accuracy is better more consistent and that has better predictive power for future performance than winning Mm -hmm. under pressure like Justin Herbert is right now winning on third downs high leverage situations I think also what Jordan brings up that's great is We talk about the arm talent. We talk about Joe Burrow not having a rocket arm. And he says, when you don't have, you know, it's not a prerequisite. It's a nice to have, which I think is a fair comment from Jordan Palmer. But he says, when he brings up, when he brings up like, but you have to have something else. And he said, the other thing that Joe Burrow has is confidence, Mm -hmm. wits, smarts, anticipatory throwing, that type of stuff, which I think is important.
1: Number two. Oh, go ahead. Good story about Joe Burrow. We're talking about my girlfriend now. She lives three houses down from Joe Burrow.
0: Oh my goodness. So she's rich.
1: Her family is. That's, um, look at she's you. Go- <laughs> <laughs> That's she's going where my my she said to. she's going to. Her sister said she's going to send uh, packages there and then knock on the door and say I accidentally sent my packages to your place and see if she can make the play. That sounds kind of weird. I know, right? Is
0: that, is that, is, are we describing another scene from a movie, Quinn? <laughs> I don't, that sounds kind of scary. That's yeah, actually oh, I'm sorry, a good I meant though. to send these to my house, but and it's jump. like lingerie. No. Dude, you're gonna lose your girlfriend to Joe Burrow. <laughs> I, might. I, I mean, love it.
1: hopefully Joe stays with his girlfriend. Joe, please don't break. Doubt after. it. Doubt it. Sounds like he's already making moves. Um, Washington football team. Who do you have them taking it to? I have them going. And maybe this is an overreaction. And he didn't look great this past week against the Dolphins. But Justin Herbert. I-, I just think it'd be difficult for me to see like this level of play. And now they haven't won a lot of games. And again, they haven't surrounded him with much in the way of help and play calling. But the big time throws man he's top 10 already in big time throws as a rookie now Baker Mayfield was too um so there's again there's there's no sure thing but I think I've seen more than enough to say that hey the concerns I had about him at Oregon in terms of being willing to take those chances he just didn't at Oregon and he didn't necessarily have the receivers he has now with the Chargers the concerns I had about that completely gone Completely gone. I, I think he is a guy who's more than willing to, but he just has – it's the trust factor that was missing in college. So I think that's the thing that – and I loved his arm talent coming out, and I think that's really shined. Still worry about him, pressure situations. When we get, you know, crowds coming back, that's kind of when he crumbled was when, like, things got really – Like I said, the blood pressure started ri- rising, yeah, rowdy. We'll see, but I, I think more than enough at this point, we've seen to – I'd bump him up over to a – Wow, that's crazy, right? I
0: mean, but I also think though, and I think you brought up a good point there, is that the concerns we had about Justin Herbert, he's largely answered. Not the crowd factor, not like can he be, you know, the it factor when the Mm -hmm. lights shine brightest. He hasn't won, you know, a ton of football games to the Los Angeles Chargers. But the arm talent we knew was happening. What we didn't see is the risk, the grittiness that we've seen late in games, him trying to, you know, win this game, win because he's had he's had a handful of like potential game-winning drives where the opposite side of the ball kind of lets up and they don't end up winning those football games. He's gotten really big leads against teams. I I agree that he's answered a lot of pre-draft concerns. Also, my uh, girlfriend, remote, she lives in L.A., three houses down from Justin Herbert, which is pretty sweet. You don't know her. She goes to a different school. But... um, I sometimes talk to her on FaceTime. She sounds great. She's great. Um, Can't wait to meet her. Number two, I actually, I didn't have as big of an overreaction. I stuck to our pre-draft evaluation a bit more, and I went to Tua Tungvaluwa to the Washington football team, where we have mo- we mocked Tua to the Washington football team a ton, did not recommend taking Chase Young well, over a quarterback. At the time,
1: they were not the football
0: team. They weren't the football team yet, but now they okay. are. But... Tua Loa has looked good in recent weeks. I thought he looked really good over the past two weeks. And I, I, I still think there's reason to be concerned about the hip. There's reason to be concerned that you know injuries could derail this whole start that he's had. Mm-hmm. But the pre-draft evaluation was very accurate, um, uh, more accurate than Justin Herbert was. And all those kind of predictive, stable metrics, very good at Alabama. I, I think Tua Loa will continue to be really good for Miami. And he's already doing it with a bad offensive line. And I think an overrated receiving court. Dare I say it, Dolphins fans? Oh, Preston Williams Definitely. and Devontae Parker are overrated.
1: I think Devontae's good. I, I think Williams they're both still hesitant. On. I just don't think they're complete. I, and Devontae Booker, Devonte Parker can be good. Yeah.
0: I just don't think he's like very good.
1: Okay. Yeah, and fair. I
0: think I, I still and Jakeem Grant might be the best receiver on that team. Okay. What's up?
1: Now you're getting crazy. I was hanging out
0: with Eric maybe too much. He said Jakeem Grant's kind of like Tyreek Kill. That is a bad take. However. <laughs> Jakeem Grant has some juice, and I really like what he brings to that football team. Either way, Mike Gusecki has not lived up to expectation. Adam Shaheen gets more targets than that. Dur- Durham Smythe or whatever uh, gets more targets and, um, than Mike Gusecki in some games. I think the receiving court is a bit overrated. I think they can still add around Tuatunga-Mailoa, to and I think he has a lot of what you want for when you do build a supporting cast, when you do follow Jordan Palmer's model of building a good situation around him like the Bills did with Josh Allen. I think Tuatunga-Mailoa to could be a great quarterback, and that's why I have the football team taking about two. too.
1: Yeah, Gasicki really snaked a bunch of people in fantasy. Absolutely. That week two game. People Absolutely. were like, okay, there it is. The guy, 100-plus yards, week two. He's going to be the dude. No, um, I, I'm just uh, at number three. I don't even have the Lions going to a, I, I don't know. The injury stuff scares me. And, and fear of the Lions, Giants with quarterback potential, You know, you have something there. I don't think you need to go chasing on a guy like Tua who I think is very good. Do I ever think he's going to be you know, top five perennially in the NFL? I don't think so. I think he's kind of like Dak Prescott range. It's like where his upshot is of ending up. So Dak Prescott's pretty good, though. Dak Prescott's very good. But at the same time, you have, like, like I said, the Lions and Giants have some hope, and the Giants also could hope for a high pick next year to draft someone. Who do you have the Lions so take? So I have the Lions going Chase Young. I still again the pre draft eval on him is very high. We're gonna talk a little later about him and this, how he's not been near, you know, Nick Bosa coming out, has not dominated whatsoever, but he's been good for a rookie still. And I think that the tools are off the charts, and I'm taking them if I'm Lions because goddamn they need edge help. How bad rookie
0: defensive grades are this year is crazy. Because Chase Young is the highest graded rookie defender, but no rookies on the defensive side of the ball I think are earning grades above 81, 82 so far this yeah, year. Yeah, that's one. Any of them that have played at least 200 snaps, but. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, you have guys like Justin Jefferson, Michael Onwenu. I think it's much easier, and we've said this before, much easier on the offensive side of the ball as a rookie to come in with an abbreviated offseason, no preseason. It is on defense because naturally defense is reactionary and trying to react to the speed of the NFL yeah. with very little reps. We talk about this with Palmer, too. He like did the math. He like mocked <laughs> it out in the interview. He's like, so you missed three OTAs, five minicamps, maybe ten, or whatever, whatever. It's like at the end of it, like you are so far behind the eight ball trying to get into this season and he was largely say that for Joe Burrow, but like on the defense side of the ball, I think it's worse. And I think that's why we've seen Chase Young, yes, he's the highest grade defender, but I still think that um it's gonna be a while before you can really like feel good about your your takes on some of these rookies coming out on oh, defense.
1: We also say like a lot of rookie defenders struggling. Defenses are struggling across the NFL true. Like they're gonna set the record by I think two and a half points or something for most points per game mm-hmm. average. In yeah, the NFL. just because you know no hard counts, whatever, no fans. Like it, it is not a year they're to not, be a they're, defender. Yeah. They're a not calling holding penalties.
0: The yeah. only penalty that's up this year, the stat from Sam Monson, is defensive pass interference. Jeez, which is crazy. Like yeah. up year over year from a percentage standpoint, that's wild. Um, I have the Detroit Lions chasing the hotter sauce, Justin Herbert at three. Yeah. I think I and. That doesn't necessarily mean that he would start over Matt Stafford, but I do think you could see a similar situation where the doctor stabs Stafford in the lung, and then Justin Herbert gets an opportunity. You know, you never know how it could work, but mm-hmm. I do think that the Detroit Lions drafting a three, I think they benefit more from adding Justin Herbert with Matthew Stafford and what he's done for that football team. I think Justin Herbert is the better pick.
1: See, I think the the days of like what the Packers did last year, get Jordan Love, and three or four years down the line, he's our guy. I think that's gone to a degree. Like, I think there's so much quarterback talent there's so much more coming in this next year you got five whatever guys 2022 looks loaded you got Sam Howell number one pick Keaton Slovis according to Anthony Trash apparently who's definitely not gonna be the number one pick in my eyes uh you have uh what Spencer Rattler like there's multiple quarterback classes in a row now I think that's just the new normal with how much passing has uh passing and uh has evolved at the younger levels with like seven on seven camp circuits that sort of thing just quarterback training in general starts at a younger age. I think that that's like you're you're not hurting. You don't need to waste a premium pick here. This would be you know, Chase Young's a premium player that you're passing up for mm-hmm. someone who could be this incremental difference to Matt Stafford. I think you can still win with Matt Stafford, you just need a better roster there too, though.
0: Really? Yeah. You think you think Matt Stafford's gonna be the quarterback for the Lions over the next two to three years? Are they not I think moving so. on from Matt Stafford? Interesting.
1: We'll see it. Interesting. All right, who do you have the Giants taking it for? Number four, I think we touched on this a tad on the Monday pod, Tristan Wirfs. Redraft said he's top five pick. He's the top tackle in a redraft, goes to the Giants here. Uh hand up, we got it wrong in the debate between Andrew Thomas and Tristan Wirfs. So I'd take Tristan Wirs ten times out of ten this time. No, Absolutely. And uh Giants would too. I
0: have the Giants taking Chase Young. That's how my board kind of fell out. Chase Young, mm-hmm. best defensive player, pre-draft evaluation. Had him what? Number two, number three player in the draft. Number four, Giants sprint that card in. All right. Dolphins
1: at five, this is where I go to him. So they still get their guy. Fantastic. Hey. Good for them. <laughs>
0: Uh, five, I have Tristan Wirfs. I, mean, I feel like we're kind of going back and forth here, but Tristan Wirfs is far and away. You said it on the last week's or Monday's podcast that he's should be offensive rookie of the year. He won't. They don't have stats for tackles like they do running mm-hmm. backs, wide receivers, and quarterbacks. But Tristan Wirfs has been an arm and a leg, the best offensive tackle in the rookie class, and you could argue the most successful, most dominant rookie offensive player.
1: Yes, I will argue that. So... <laughs> so uh, yeah,
0: I, I have him going to the Dolphins. And,
1: and they need... These- Okay, they got Austin Jackson, great. They got Robert Hunt on the right side, great. They st- I would still take an offensive tackle if I'm them next year. Like I'm, a, I'm in position to draft ten- Penesul. I'm drafting Penesul. Absolutely. They, they still need help there, so yes, I, w- I would go. Uh, I would agree with you there. On to number six, got the Chargers. No Herbert, no Tua, no quarterback available for them. I'm going Makai Becton then. Interesting. I, I think he's a guy who's, again, moved up a ton from our pre-draft, uh, how we felt about him. He's just been very good now when healthy injuries have been an issue with him and at his size that is something you would worry about a guy that's like you're just carrying a lot of weight like your knees and you know their joints at 370 pounds might not last as long as a guy who's 310 pounds so that's just a thing that could be an issue for him so we'll see how that goes but man he's been very good uh himself in his own right
0: yeah i have a guy backed into my top 10 but not at six to the los angeles chargers i have justin jefferson highest grade rookie in, I think uh behind Michael and Waynu, the highest grade one of the highest grade rookies so far this year and I think for the LA Chargers with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, I think having Justin Jefferson in there as well I think would be really benefit this offense. And I know they wouldn't have Justin Herbert in this situation, but I think Justin Jefferson going at 6, which is way higher than our pre-draft evaluation on him, but I think we I think we can learn a lot as evaluators from Justin Jefferson and his success in the NFL so far this year. Mm-hmm. And that though he did not have reps against single coverage on the outside where you saw him winning, I still think there's a higher floor value than maybe we gave it credit for, for being able to win as consistently as he did from the slot, winning in contested catch situations, having the ball skills he had, the yak ability he had. And I'm not saying we – I don't think in any way, shape, or form, because even – I think Matt LaFleur brought this up – Or um, one of the coaches brought this up that the most important thing is creating separation against single coverage and winning yeah. at the line of scrimmage, that stuff. But I still think that the floor for a really, really productive slot receiver type, and even Justin Jefferson has won it outside this yeah. so far this year, is it, it, higher than maybe we gave credit for. So having him at six, I think, makes sense.
1: I will debate you here in terms of positional scarcity. You're not going to find a tackle like Makai Becton now at the mm-hmm. top of round two. You're not going to find a tackle like Mekhi Becton like – pretty much ever in drafts like they just that's rare to see guys like that you can find a kind of maybe in the second round maybe not in a complete redraft but like you can find receiving talent that can get comparable to what he's brought to the table you're just not going to find that at tackle so i'm going to go with kai beckton especially for the chargers and you haven't found it for the past decade and a half apparently Mm -hmm. at tackle uh, I'll, I'm gonna go with the the and you and that, I mean the Kai Beckton
0: role. and Justin Jefferson are similar players in that both of these guys we are lower on yeah. than maybe the consensus, but you see enough from Becton even with the injuries that he's obviously a top six pick yeah. if you
1: redraft. I would say that. All right, number seven, Panthers, staying at the tackle position for kind of the reasons I just outlined there in terms of the the guys like Tristan Wurst, Kai Becton and now Jedrick Wills going to the Panthers don't come around every single year like that is there are a lot of tackle classes that do not have tackles as good as any of those three guys they're rookie seasons and so i'm gonna go ahead and take one if i'm the panthers no derrick brown here Derek brown is he making my top 10 to be honest no way i mean he was making our top 10 even pre-draft but jedrick wills here uh, i think the panthers would have loved to have gotten him in a in a retrospect
0: Carolina Panthers, I have them taking, which I know he hasn't looked good this year, Jeffrey Okuda, which I feel like the pre draft evaluation, the tools he brings, all that stuff still feel really good. And with how crazy this offseason was and how bad all defenses are playing, I still think you can hold out for Jeffrey Okuda developing into a very good outside cornerback that could shadow corners or shadow receivers in the NFL down the road. Maybe. Next, Maybe next year or the year after, I think he does develop into that player. I think the Carolina Panthers at 7, despite what we've seen through 10 weeks, which has included Devontae Adams completely beating the brakes off him among mm-hmm. other bi- you know really big-name NFL wide receivers. John Hopkins had his way. Yeah. I still think Jeffrey Akuta is a top-10 player. He goes 7 to Carolina in my uh, redraft.
1: I like that pick. I He's going to make my top-10, but we'll get there in a sec. Cardinals, number 8. Again, I'm staying with the pre-draft, even though like he's been good. Yeah, He, he has just a- has not been a good situation. Jerry Judy. Yeah. Now we go to the the Broncos, obviously, their quarterback situation. Been a bit of a mess, but you watch him on a weekly basis. He's getting open. He's just not getting the targets, shall we say, share that Justin Jefferson is that helps you grade well. In
0: I'm not system. sure if I brought up this story on the podcast or not, so if I'm retelling it, let me know. But do you know that if you Google Drew Locke PFF, and to get to like his player page is why I've done it, if you Google it, there's an article written by one of these Sports Illustrated affiliated sites, okay. Like, um, that is PFF throws shade at Drew Lock and his mom, and it's from a three high safety. This has from, to be for you. Yeah, it was me. Yeah, I was so I, say uh, no three one high safety Do you remember when Drew ESPN did that redraft of the entire NFL? Okay, and they drafted Drew Lock at fifteenth or something. Remember?
1: Yeah. And I and said, it was the Broncos guy, just yeah. like, he's like, trying Drew, to
0: game. I was favor blown away, blown fans. away. Everyone was blown away. That was insane. To was. Take, of all the players in the NFL, you're going to take Drew Locke when you're restarting as a franchise at 15. My take on, I think it was a two minute drill or three high safeties, which is a YouTube video series that we do. I said, Drew Locke's mom doesn't take him at 15 I was on that with him. but that's yeah. not throwing shade at his mom that's showing that's positive his yeah. mom is his a, better a guy good guy judge a character sorry. anyway that GM article is absolutely hilarious by the way and i'm not i think was writing, the I'm, guy
1: like taken aback whoever wrote it no
0: i don't think so i mean dude
1: he's writing for i am i'm i'm not throwing shade well, I mean, at like he for brings a, up a, the mom or that is yeah. that just for clicks i feel like
0: the, I, I feel like i respect for what he did it definitely got pretty decent clicks i'm sure but it's hilarious like reading the article and like he uses, like, different variations of mom. It's like mom, mother. It's like I'm freaking dead, dude. It, it's really funny. But the t- the headline is also fantastic. Um, I don't think Drew Locke. Now, where would you take Drew Locke in a redraft now, ESPN? Because if you're taking him anywhere in the top 70, top 100, you're absurd. He has not played well this year. He threw four picks against the Raiders. The Raiders have arguably the worst coverage defense in the NFL. Nick Kwiatkowski had a one-hander. Jeff Heath <laughs> had an interception in the red zone.
1: Have you thrown an interception to Jeff Heath? I think that's like a prereq. Like he stared down Jerry Judy in a slant against obvious picks, zone coverage. Yeah. He
0: stared down Jerry Judy in a slant against obvious zone coverage and threw it to Jeff Heath's chest. Oh, Jeff yeah, Heath that had, one was really bad. It, it was not a good interception. Either way, anyway, that that article is hilarious. I encourage everyone to uh, Google Drew Locke's mom. Uh, I got no. Don't Google Drew, Drew Luck's mom. Google Drew Luck PFF, Drew and you'll find that article, which I think is funny. All right, you had Cardinals taking Judy at eight. That's what got off on this yeah. tangent. I have Mackay Becton going at eight to the Arizona Cardinals. Which again, Mackay Becton moves up after what he's done with the New York Jets. Goes eight to the Cardinals. Who do you have the Jags taking?
1: I go Jeffrey Okuda here because the Jags are still a team that they can punt on this season, and they don't need a rookie. They like, mm-hmm. they care more about what you are in year three because that's kind of when they're going to start competing here. So uh, I still believe in Okuda. I still believe in the position he plays being valuable. And even though he's gotten, like you said, torched a few times, I think in the end he'll be a quality NFL corner.
0: This is probably my biggest, the hottest take of my top 10 redraft here. It's Chase Claypool this. at number nine to the Jacksonville Jaguars. That, that is a little aggressive, But I've watched a ton of Chase Claypool because I thought, going back to the tape and looking beyond the box score. Cause the box score fancy football community is all about this kid. Mm. I mean, and they should be, but I going back and watching him win against single coverage as often as he has. I think he's a very physical, like, I don't know, man. He's, he's a very physical player. He's, he's um obviously very athletic has really good straight line speed and you just see him winning single coverage so often in the nfl i have my I, there were multiple times where i was watching his film this past week i'm like how did we not see more of this at notre dame how did we not see him winning like this more at notre dame because he's beating the brakes off some of these you know nfl quarterbacks running like a vertical route tree and looking very good i don't know how we didn't see more of it but chase claypool at nine to the jacksonville jacks
1: you're going chase claypool over jerry judy it's our first, second rounder, by the way. We yeah, that was, that was a little the first aggressive. guy. Now in the first, I'm just saying, you're. We'll see. I was a I little think, aggressive, but you're wrong. Um, all right, number ten, Browns. Here's where I go, Justin Jefferson coming off the board. In retrospect, obviously with Odell probably being done in Cleveland, Jarvis Lander maybe even being done in Cleveland after this year. We'll we shall see. But I do think Baker Mayfield maybe no. Just kidding. <laughs> they, I don't, dude, I don't know. It's a bad. They, he's in a the bad. They're place. gonna. But they're not they're not going to be bad enough to draft one, so maybe in free agency. I we'll do see. feel
0: like the commercial market for backups is big, so I think he could definitely leverage that. <laughs> I have number 10 to Jedrick Wills Jr. The Cleveland Browns still get their guy. Jedrick Wills Jr. at 10, um, I think, is the move for the redraft. All right, that's going to do it for our redraft here. We're going to move forward to our rookie and prospects preview, look at some matchups that we want to watch, some green line picks as well, and then we're going to dive into the Jordan Palmer interview. Um, I can't believe we brought up Drew Locke's mom again on the podcast. it would be interesting to see. Friend of the pod. I def- again, and I, I feel like there were some negative um, comments coming from me on that. I definitely respect the guy for writing the article. I just find it kind of hilarious. I think it's if, if, I would do it if I was writing for one of those sites where clicks are very important, all that type of stuff. I would have definitely done it. Um, again, anyway, rookie preview, Mike. That's a, some- I
1: mean, that's a headline where I'd have no dog in the game. If I even if I didn't, I'd click on that. Yes, be like whoa,
0: absolutely. Well, I so wasn't even looking like, for it. Like, I I did cl- Drew Lock PFF and I saw Drew Lock throws or. PFF throws shade at Drew Lock and his mom. I'm like, yes, I, I, I'm I, in. Yeah. You've, he, you've got me. He's I mean, watching a, our content, at least. He's, he's, I mean, at least he, he's, he's watching our clicks. Yeah. Quinn's right. Quinn's You think Drew
1: Locke's mom, like, that's gotten back to her? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I absolutely. Agree.
0: Drew Locke's mom doesn't take him 15th overall in that draft. Drew Locke's mom read it and is like, no, he was kind of right. I feel like <laughs> he, she's on my side if she's yeah. on anybody's <laughs> side. Quinn also edits uh, the three high safeties two-minute drill,
1: which uh, a humble brag from Quinn there. Rookie preview, let's go. All right. I want to watch DeAndre Swift second career start. Hopefully, maybe they maybe they saw enough of him actually and want to go back to Adrian Peterson after that electric performance. They're like, that's it's a little too razzle dazzle for us here in Detroit. We do things, uh, you know, hard nosed way, Detroit way. No, I hopefully he's going in this one against the Panthers. Jeremy Chin had that ugly tackle attempt on that. That was one of the weirdest tackle attempts I've ever seen on that 98 yard run. Mm-hmm. With Ronald Jones, like he he had 30 yards to catch a guy and, and dies at his ankles dating on him. yeah he like dating he had 30 him. yards to catch him was making up yard after yard like he probably made up four yards already and then just like gives us a half-hearted swing at weird. his ankles like I, i'm glad just, we brought that catch up him. it was weird yeah, It was weird and he's had a missed tackle problem this year uh that one was not really like a missed tackle problem that was more just like a mental fart brain fart a mental fart. Chase
0: Claypool versus CJ Henderson is a matchup I'm looking for. I just brought up Claypool; had him in top ten in my redraft here. See him show up against CJ Henderson. I I, 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 I'm excited. You're fucking
1: love Ch- Chase Claypool. I'm, I'm freaking
0: in love with Chase Claypool, but I, I, I want to see him run more. And I think the Jags run enough single coverage where you'll see some good reps.
1: Yeah. I, I, I he is electric to watch. i would say. Chase his Claypool nickname play. is also
0: fantastic. Mapletron. Mapletron.
1: You do like? I him? hate the. He's Canadian, so his nickname has to be Canadian. Well, like no, I hate like the. Like the Watergate was Watergate, and then like something gate. You oh, know? okay. I get what you're saying. So Babytron, Mapletron, yeah, Megatron. It's like was Megatron. Megatron is Megatron.
0: But also Megatron's yeah. not even like that's like a legit
1: per- or a thing, right? Like yeah. Transformer, and that's or like that's fine. But then like <laughs> having like a play on words off of that, <laughs> is... Megatron's like a thing, like a Transformer or whatever. I sound
0: like Shia LaBeouf. By the way, he had such he had he. I feel like Shia LaBeouf in those Transformer movies was big, and like everyone was getting on board, and he was in Disturbia. And like, his like did you watch this movie about
1: his life it was actually really sad no i have not yeah, i watched this thing
0: on rich fast times of Richard. It's called like High.
1: honey or something i have a boy honey boy but yeah. i feel like his career arc was like career arc was decent he was in holes which is like yeah. shown well it wasn't decent cuz he went to like rehab and was like an absolute monster uh, for a while
0: i didn't so, know he was an absolute monster i respect him yeah. more for that do you
1: i don't know <laughs> um go ahead and All right, my next, your next one, next one here we're going to go Chase Young against Joe Burrow's uh, livelihood because he's going up against that Bengals offensive line, Kima Dinjay. has looked all right at left tackle there for them. Uh, but Chase Young hasn't been dominant, shall we say? Like He's had two pass rushing grades so far this season all year, over 70. He's kind of been just ho-hum. And we thought week one, that Philly game, dominant, two sacks. He only has three now all season. Like He has not been... The Nick Bosa, the Joey Bosa. Do we I think to it's just time to Joe say though? that the Bo- the Bosas are a little built differently than everyone else. Uh, kind of like the Sewells now, which Noah Sewell looks fucking awesome. Yeah. Also, there's an older Sewell brother than Penny and Noah. How sad is that guy? He's not so like he's a So he's Cooper Manning in, in Yeah, a basically. Uh,
0: but back Cooper Ch- Manning, though, has made his fucking way. With he's the- rich as fuck. Dude, like he's doing, He does like pregame, does like, all the stuff. I don't even think he's he that funny. He's turned like a
1: stand up comedian. Yeah. And he's not that. Yeah, exactly. Like Peyton's much funnier, but he kind of just. Rode some I honestly have to say, you
0: know, kudos.
1: buddy. You made all some plays. That, like you made that. some
0: absolute plays. But you got dealt a, a butt hand and mm. just rallied. Okay, no, no. Okay, I, I've seen worse hands. Yeah. Uh, I'm sitting in one right now. <laughs> but uh, he he didn't get dealt the best hand, like a Peyton and Eli. Yeah. definitely a poor man's That's...
1: hand relative, but mm-hmm. has made the most of it for sure. He certainly has. But back to Chase Young, who again, if you don't dominate this Cincinnati Bengals offensive line. No not gonna t- push the panic button, but I just don't think it's probably gonna happen this year with him, which mm-hmm. that's fine. You didn't draft him for this year if you're Washington, you draft him for what he can do in the future. I have A. J. Terrell who's looked a
0: lot better than he did earlier in the season over the past few weeks, going against Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Um Jameis Winston, baby, he's back. Yeah, I'm excited. He's did to get
1: tested. Everyone like someone who asked me the other day, like, is Jameis Winston gonna be checking down that offense? I'm like No. No. Is Jameis going to be checking gonna down? Like, period. No. no. Yeah, like it's that offense is not going to look like what it looked like with Drew Brees. It is going to be he's going to throw seam routes, so he's blue in the face because he can't help himself. Yeah, he's he sees be a guy
0: W's after this week. Too.
1: <laughs> he sees a guy running like a little skinny post, and he just has to throw it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care if there's you know a safety bearing down on him, a corner trailing him. He's going to fit it in that window and. So, yeah, I think A.J. Terrell is probably going to get like a half dozen to a dozen targets. Like, he's going to get tested. So, I like that matchup. I'm going to go my last one here, a low-key one. A guy who was probably thought of as a safe pick coming out because he was an offensive lineman. And that's what, you know, interior offensive linemen in the first round are always safe picks. But Cesar Ruiz has not looked good of late.
0: Always safe picks, right, Quinn? Billy Price, as safe as it gets. Uh, with uh, the the fans. O- interior that. offensive lineman good, in the good, first. Good kid. That's all I got to know. He got a game ball <laughs> the other week, so I don't know. <laughs>
1: But he's allowed 12, excuse me, 14 pressures over his last three games. Pass blocking rates of 20.4, 20.8, and 2.7 this past week against San Francisco. And then San Francisco, that was like Kinlaw and uh, some other guy who I had honestly never even heard of before this past week um, eating his lunch. So I can't even remember his name. Cesar Ruiz, that's worrisome when you're thinking this guy's a safe Pick yeah. that you kind of shoehorned into your starting lineup by cutting Larry Warford there.
0: Yeah, that was. But he's going
1: up against Ray Jarrett, that was why I also mentioned. Yeah, because that'll be that'll be a, tough, that'll tough,
0: be a good match matchup for him. Yeah, I have Jerry Judy going against Brian Flores. No, Jerry Judy going against Brian Flores, Xavier Howard, Byron Jones. Like he's going to be tested. Drew Locke's
1: going to be. That'll be fun to watch. Like after the fact, just yeah. like every route, just to see what how he does. Up.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. and Xavier Howard too. Like in single coverage concepts, is very good. I, I really like watching Xavier Howard play football, and I think he's thriving. Absolutely thriving. In Brian Flores' defense, since week five on that Miami what five game winning streak, now he has allowed a forty seven point two mm-hmm. pass rating, fifth best in the NFL. And Byron Jones on the opposite side is up there inside the top fifteen. Like they are legit. Like that that, that outside cornerback duo is legit.
1: The one thing that Judy, if there has been like a he needs to improve on this, it's like when guys do get their hands on him, not the line of scrimmage. I still think he gets off the line exceptionally well, but like three or four yards downfield, he's got to get. He's got to be able to kind of get through that, get get those hands off, of be able to keep himself cleaner than he has at times. NFL Green Line picks are physical corners that will. Are you ready for NFL Green Line picks? I'm more than ready. NFL
0: Green Line picks. So NFL Green Line is a betting dashboard that offers projections on the spread, total, and money line. It's available to PFF Elite subscribers. Firmly recommend you check it out. And we had someone reach out to me on Instagram via DM which hmm. I, a lot of girls hit me up on DMs, like sliding through, after, especially once the podcast clips come it's out. It's like I it's can't like, even read them all at this point. Honestly, yeah. no, honestly. It's, I'm in a very similar box. And, <laughs> um, and they're all models, which is crazy. It's not True Lock's mom. And they're all models, which is kind of crazy as well, which is like how you guys, do you guys all yeah, talk I, to Yeah, I, I don't other? even
1: respond if they're not.
0: And- <laughs> anyway, NFL Green Line. Somebody reached out to me on Instagram asking, "Could we do more? I don't have an extra NFL green line pick this week, but I have a bonus college football one. So stay tuned to the next part. But uh, my green line pick this week is LA Los Angeles Rams going to Tampa Bay. I know they're going coast to coast plus three and a half against Tampa Brady. I, I, I think the Rams have been playing good football uh, of late. And I think um, Sean McVay is pulling the puppet strings enough to where I think he keeps this game within three. Is
1: Ali Marpet going to be out? Tell me Ali Marpet's going to be out. I can get on board with that. Yeah,
0: because Aaron Donald's going to yeah. eat. They're mixing up the interior offensive line. They had Ryan yeah, Jensen with guard Jensen stuff. switched yeah.
1: to guard, but he didn't look great at guard to the center. Uh, it's just not easy to make that switch midseason. So, yeah, if you tell me that he's going to be out, I'll get on board with that. Cool. My one, though, here is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ten-point favorite uh, against the Jaguars. Am I correct? Yep. The Jacksonville Jaguars. I wrote that down, but I was unsure. I don't know why. Um, I, they're just... Jake Luton, quarterback? You kidding me? Like going up against <laughs> the Steelers defense?
0: That's a great. Uh, that's a good soundbite. It's more. <laughs> yeah, it's more just like. That's a soundbite like on a Jacksonville radio station after they upset them, and then <laughs> yeah. like they're comp compiling everybody like Jake Luton. You kidding me? And then like they got Shannon Sharp. I'm like the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> are you kidding?
1: Like, all that stuff. That's freaking hilarious. But yeah, it's basically just like, do you trust a sixth round quarterback who's a rookie to go up against the single best pass rush in the NFL? That blitz is more than anyone else in the NFL. Do you trust that to not to end even close? I do not. Yeah. And so for know. that reason, I'm out.
0: Mind the Jaguars. Steelers mindset. Yeah. Nice. All right. Moving to the prospect preview and then our NCAA green line picks and then the Jordan Palmer interview, of course. My first matchup is on I have three question marks or two question marks in parentheses next to this one. Because I don't know if he's gonna play. But I'd like to see Rondell Moore as play. I said,
1: we've Rondell, highlighted this as a matchup. This is the third time we've highlighted Rondell Moore as our matchup. They're supposed to, to play watch. Friday. Friday night, seven thirty
0: at Minnesota, Purdue Boilermakers, pl- uh, plus three or no Minnesota plus three. So we have a situation where Rondell Moore needs to suit up. I want to see it. I want to see it. I need to see some
1: more Rondell Moore. I have a theory that he never actually opted back in, but they just said he did to try to drum up interest in Purdue football and like help with the recruiting. Theory They're like Rondell's coming back, but he's actually never even been back to Purdue. Like he's out in LA training the whole time that would be kind of rough that's where to <laughs> Boilermakers stands, you know I'm sorry uh, Joey Bonar, I had <laughs> to do it but um, but yes I would love to watch Rondale Moore play football if they allow him to play football and if he's still on the team we'll see my first one to watch I'm going to stay in line of scrimmage here no actually I'm going to switch I'm going to pivot my first one to watch I'm going to just watch Trevor Lawrence play football nice, because I didn't get to watch him you know a couple weeks ago against my Irish thank God I didn't get to watch him now the man it's just beautiful to watch that's that's Trevor Lawrence against Florida State is who he's going up against They're 34 and a half point favorites um, I, th- I expect them to cover he's a fucking monster I love watching 34 football.
0: and a half point favorites on the road at Florida State are the Florida State Seminoles going to get dogged like that at home That's an interesting line to maybe take Florida State if it gets if it
1: clears 35 gets through that key number. I don't know.
0: I, I start to think about it.
1: He didn't have symptoms, right, from COVID. He had mild symptoms. He I did. Mean, he did. Yeah. Okay. So maybe he's like it. 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 I had some lasting effects. I still am not back up to where I was. Yeah. Like you kind of suck of it. Your work's been. I doing. know. Like I, I have been. Yeah. And I ain't gonna lie. So. So
0: something we're working on behind the scenes, by the way, while we're talking about Clemson, I'm working with our producer Matt Stofsky, who, if you don't know, fantastic guy, does a really good job of getting guests for the podcast. Um, trying to get DJ Uyengalele's dad, dad. on the podcast.
1: Ooh. He's good got side some note. Stories. Have you followed his Twitter? No. Do you follow him on Twitter? No. Big Dave on Twitter. Oh, my God. Is I'm in. I'm electric. In. 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 I haven't told you about this. Oh, my God. He just he retweets everyone who will tweet at him, every single person that at the same time he retweets. Right, so I'm tweeting at him tonight. <laughs> Gotta. And he said he used to shatter backboards uh, for his national team. What? Uh, yeah. Big Dave would shatter backboards. He said he was. Dude, he's, player. he's. I, I'm get, we he need to get. got to make the a point. play. We're getting him on the podcast. I need to hear these takes. I need to hear these takes. Not quite draft related because DJ is a couple years away. But I don't give a shit. This guy. I need to just take out Trevor Lawrence. I would love out, for him to
0: come on the pod and be like, "Yeah, my son's better." Uh, bleh, I would. I need it. I need it. I need that take on the bites. podcast right now.
1: Quinn, on the YouTube show, we need to get the picture of his new profile pic. He tweeted the other day. It's absolutely hilarious. It's him in this big ass gold chain. He looks like The Rock <laughs> in that famous picture of The Rock with like the fanny pack on. I'm excited. It's, it, is oh, he man.
2: doing
0: that on purpose or is this like no unironically? Okay, okay. He thinks he looks yeah. incredible. I'll stitch it. Exactly. Incredible. Um, okay, My, I only have one more matchup here, but it's Alabama versus Kentucky, and I just want to watch that defense go against Kentucky. I think Kentucky has some weapons. Two talented offensive tackles if um, Kennard can't play in this one. I think he was hurt. I'm not sure. But um, Al- Dylan Moses, Patrick Sertan, Josh Job has kind of come onto the scene. Um, obviously, C- Christian Barmore. Like, every week, watching Alabama go against SEC competition is must-watch must watch football. And I think Kentucky actually has some firepower offensively where you can see some interesting tests to a point where you know, this is tape you're watching in January, February, March when you're looking at some of these prospects.
1: Yeah, Alabama's defense is fucking loaded. That's a There's a lot of prospects <laughs> every single week. With them, can't hate on that. I'm going to highlight two line of scrimmage matchups, though, here myself. Christian Darisaw, Virginia Tech, left tackle. Big riser in the pre-draft process. Massive. He's awesome. He's going probably his toughest test all year against Pittsburgh here. Patrick Jones, Rashad Weaver. We've highlighted Weaver a bunch. He's in our top 50. Big fan of his game. Two big, long-edge defenders. Could give him some trouble. We'll see. I don't think it will because Darisaw's that good. Another one to highlight here, South Carolina, Missouri. Larry Borum, we've talked about him early on the season. Didn't allow pressure against Alabama. Well, he hasn't allowed of pressure all season, actually. Four games. Has had a minor injury. I think should be back this week against South Carolina. Going up against Kingsley and Negbari. I should probably look up the pronunciation on that. E N A G B A R E. However, you feel like pronouncing that, go be my guest. Junior edge rusher, <laughs> ninety point <my> two <laughs> like pass rushing grade. <laughs> It's a free world, baby. Do what you want. Uh, but he's six four two seventy. This guy can scoot. Also at six four two seventy, he pops off the tape. Really unrefined, but last three weeks, ninety one point six pass rushing grade, six seven and eighty nine point two. He's coming on strong as of late. Going okay. up against Larry Borum. Excited to see that. Excited to see Kingsley because that guy is a could be a big riser in this draft process.
0: NCAA line picks, which you can get in your PFF Elite subscription. I have two. Bonus. Okay. Indiana, plus 20 and a half against Ohio State.
1: Which that is against rare. your Buckeyes. You said I, they're the best team in the country. I know they're the best team in the country.
0: But if that never gets to 21, which is a key number, obviously, you hammer Michael Penix Jr., okay. Fry Fogle, all those guys. I think Indiana can keep this with 21. Quinn brought up a good comment, too, before the podcast, that depending on what the first half line is, this feels like a game where maybe Ohio State could start out a bit slower. The, the first 15 plays for Indiana, the game script's got to be elite this week. They kind of put up a touchdown to keep it close in the first half line. I think 21. It's at 20 and a half right now where mm-hmm. I'm still willing to put some cheddar down. At 21, I'm getting a little bit more interested. I think 21 makes sense. And the other one is USC minus three. I think USC minus three is another pick I like
1: this week. USC one. is a terrible football team this year. They've got, they're the luckiest football team in the country. Stop. They are, so who, is the future number one overall need, pick, AKA Anthony Trash. I th- who is it that tweeted? Uh, who's the, Greg Gabriel had one of my favorite tweets because one, I hate USC. And also, Greg Gabriel is just like old man, uh, yelling at Cloud, whatever meme. But he said, USC is Michigan and Penn State. They just been luckier. This no, year. yeah, but I mean, they have. They should have lost the first two games. They really got lucky. I think USC is a good games. football team. I think Slovis has started out slow, don't. but I think but they'll be not.
0: better. You know how bad California has been wrecked by COVID nineteen and the forest fires? Come on, this guy hasn't had his mind on football in a long time. He's back in it. He's learning a little bit. Amon Ross St. Brown, Elijah Vera Tucker. Keaton if that's Slovis. your,
1: if you're, if that's your reasoning, it's, it's not my be reasoning. It's not, reasoning.
0: it's not my reasoning. I think Keaton Slovis... Keaton Slovis' best 2020 football, though, we have not seen yet. That's fair. And I think it's coming against Utah, the overrated Utah U.S. I hope so.
1: If he's going to be the number one overall pick Trash, Where is wherever he's at. He's coming. He's up guys, coming on the pod. I leave the pod for two weeks because I'm struck with COVID-19. As you said, going through some hardships. There's forest fires in California, too. Where you met your girlfriend, right? In the COVID-19 vacuum. Yeah, actually, nice. um And then you guys start talking nice about USC, trashing Notre Dame. <sighs> we got to get back. To the Ian guy. book.
0: And it's since that podcast where we like completely took a shit on Ian book. He has actually looked really good. He's he looked one of the highest graded quarterbacks over the past few weeks. He's still,
1: no one can convince me he's an NFL prospect though. Still. No, absolutely not. He's not the book but, is out on book. That's your next article this week,
0: which shout out humble brag.
1: Got no one's, a ever, Lamar made, no one's ever made that, that. The Lamar Jackson connection. article on pff.com that you wrote is oh, awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Definitely encourage everyone to listen. Do you have a green line pick? I did have a green line pick. It is Wisconsin. A good football team against Northwestern, who is somehow ranked 19th because it's an absurd year and, like, there are teams ranked very high that should not be. But Northwestern is s- s- scooted by Iowa, Nebraska, Purdue. Yes, they blew out Maryland, but somehow they got to be ranked 19th. They're going up against now a good football team. They're not going to come close to Wisconsin. You play you, you have this line before any games are played this year. It's like, what, 15? Northwestern went 3-9 and nine last year. They lost their best player, Rashawn Slater, like, is opted out. They've mm-hmm. lost more than Michigan did to opt-outs. Um, I, why are
0: people fading Wisconsin? Because they put that I, I, just
1: Michigan's pants down. On yeah, my TV. that's why like, I can't believe this line seven and a half. Go make some money. Wisconsin's going to put the boots to them. I, I just don't. You got to bring game up game the close. Northwestern comment. They have. Oh yeah, and so like I went to go look up Northwestern schedule to like read see who their uh, you know, exactly who their wins were to remember, and the first three results on Google are their academic calendar like fall schedule <laughs> for classes that, that's how you know you are not try a football that with program. ohio state yeah, Try that exactly with like try you'll that get even football Iowa. schedule football schedule basketball schedule like lacrosse schedule like you will get a lot of schedules before you get to their academic calendar uh but northwestern built different mm-hmm. shall we are say.
0: you taking any units at northwestern
1: online maybe this year did you did you
0: get in any classes that's what i'm saying no no you're not pursuing just, your master's you hate to see that you hate to see that all right, well, that's going to do it for the uh, Green Line Picks here and the, the Rookie and Prospects preview. Now we're going to go ahead and jump into the Jordan Palmer interview, which is a fantastic one. Definitely encourage you to stick around. 2-4 <sighs> Drafts is brought to you by pristineauction.com. Check out their daily auctions with $1 starting bids on over 8,000 football items up for auction. Signed helmets, balls, jerseys, and much more. Pristine Auction guarantees authenticity on every product. Use code PFF for $10 off your first invoice. <laughs> PFF and Sunday Night Football's Chris Collinsworth is teaming up with one of the best players on and off the field, 49ers All-Pro cornerback Richard Sherman. The Chris Collinsworth podcast featuring Richard Sherman is available now wherever you find your podcast. They will provide the most interesting football conversation in sports every single week, and sometimes that means the discussion will venture off the field too. Additionally, Chris will be taking a deep dive into the game of football as he sees it, inviting the best and brightest to talk about everything that is happening in the great game of football. Mark your calendars. You do not want to miss the best 60 minutes of insight this season. MooseFit is a premium online workout program and remote coaching service that provides you with daily workouts based on your goals, the time you have available, and the equipment you have at your disposal. Purchase your MooseFit membership and a MooseFit coach will reach out to you with a questionnaire. Based on the information provided in the questionnaire, your MooseFit coach will either assign a pre-made program to you or will create a custom program for you. No two programs are the same. MooseFit is well-equipped to help provide you with daily workouts that will help you reach reach your health and fitness goals. For PFF listeners, use code PFF50 and receive 50% off your first month. For more information, check them out on Instagram at MooseFit or on their website, www.moosefit.co.com.co. In these uncertain times, life is full of questions. Like, when should I start thinking about life insurance? But However difficult these questions may be, Western Southern can help you answer them. Backed by over 130 years of experience, together we can look ahead to leave the unknown behind. Western Southern Financial Group, life insurance, retirement, and investments. Compensated Endorser, products issued by member companies of Western Southern Financial Group, Cincinnati, Ohio. Now joining Two for One Drafts podcast is none other than Jordan Palmer, former NFL quarterback, now works with a ton of young quarterbacks in the NFL prospects as well. Former Cincinnati Bengal. We were just talking about the, all the great things about Cincinnati. You love Cincinnati, Jordan, right?
2: I love Cincy. My wife and I lived there for four years. Um, obviously, my brother was there for years before I got there, so I had been coming and going. And um, I grew up in Southern California, and I live here now, and so I miss the seasons changing. I miss winter and Christmas and uh, and I'm a bow hunter, so I miss, and we actually still have a farm out there, so um, I miss uh, being out there when the, you know, in the fall and the winter and uh, and being in a tree stand and all that stuff. So I got a lot of great memories from there and um, it's fun that Joe Burrow went there and uh, and I have a bunch of different connections that kind of go back to Cincinnati that, that kind of keep bringing me back and I love it.
1: I was going to say, you worked with Joe Burrow in the pre-draft process. Would you give him any recommendations or any uh, tips about Cincinnati?
2: Oh yeah, a bunch. <laughs> um now lots changed since I was there. Um but uh but yeah, I think there's obviously some some folks that I was friends with when I was there and still have a relationship that are um you know great people to connect Joe with and and then um I know I'm sure there's a lot of turnover on restaurants and all that stuff too, but um I'm sure there's still not a downtown one of uh, Chef David Faulkner's oh, yeah. places and so we, you still have those places, Jeff Ruby and and uh and honestly I had a dog when I was there, so just like there's some great parks, Alt Park, you know, is just an awesome spot to go cruise around. So, um, yeah, I, I knew enough tips and tricks to be able to make him dangerous.
0: I think Jeff Ruby now has a Joe Burrow steak, and I think it comes with like a Creole crawfish topping or something along those lines. So Jeff Ruby's mm-hmm. definitely paying paying dividends or. or- paying Joe Burrow his respect. Let's talk more about Joe Burrow and this rookie season that's been for him. I mean, obviously, you have the abbreviated offseason, no preseason due to COVID-19, and he's still, in our opinion, more than exceeded expectations behind what's been a makeshift offensive line in Cincinnati, guys in and out. He had four missing starters a few weeks ago, still trying to get healthy along the offensive line. What has your opinion been of Joe Burrow so far? Where has he exceeded expectations for you, and where do you think he needs to improve?
2: Well, I think this was a difficult offseason with the uncertainty of everything and no OTAs, no rookie mini camp. Um, let's do some math here. Okay. So, rookie mini camp, you usually do three to five practices. OTAs, I think you get 15. Um, and then you do usually two mini camps um, or one mini camp, I guess, if you don't have a new coach. Um, that's a lot of practice you missed out on. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of seeing it, walking through it, talking about it. Repping it out in practice, going back in the film room, talking about okay, all the different. That's all that he didn't get any of that, and just got a training camp and then preseason games, no preseason games. And so I think the biggest thing that I'm surprised with, um, and I'm not surprised, I'm not going to be very surprised by much of his success. I have very high expectations for him, as he does for himself. But um, I just am surprised at how smooth the transition went. I mean, first week Chargers that pass rush. And basically he drove ninety something yards and threw a touchdown pass to win the game. It was a push off by AJ Green and then they missed the field goal. But as far as what Joe did, like he in his first game went off, drove ninety yards, and just no no flinch. And I think that transition, I we're all impressed by with what he did at LSU. We all watched it. We all were in awe of it. But that's still different going from college to pro. And the fact that there has been zero let off is pretty incredible.
1: How What's like Joe Burrow's ceiling five years from now. What are we talking about Joe Burrow as in the pantheon of quarterbacks in the NFL?
2: Well, you know, the quarterback position is so dependent on the environment that they're in um, and the resources that they have at their disposal. And so a lot of this depends on what um, the Bengals are able to do via the draft, via free agency, via just coaching and developing players and getting better players, better in decisions. So obviously goes without saying um joe's joe is um is going to be somewhat tied to the decisions that are made around him um but i don't really see joe having a ceiling for this reason um he's one of those guys i'm not putting a words in his mouth but there's a couple of these guys where they actually think they're the best player in the league and they actually think that they can win every game because their team has them you follow that mm-hmm. like Joe thinks he can win every game because they have Joe, right? So, again, I'm not putting words in his mouth, but there are guys that I think Patrick thinks that way. I think Drew thinks that way. I think Aaron thinks that way. I think Russell thinks that way. And I know that Joe thinks that way as a rookie week one. That's what he thought. And so when you have that mentality, and it's not that, like, I think I can, I think I can, or my mom says that I'm the best or any of that stuff. It's just a genuine genuine belief that because if you're up today, then you should win. And because Joe has that, um, there's not really a ceiling because it's not about physical. It's not about how strong he gets or fast he gets or accurate he gets. He's got he's young. He's got a ways to go in every single category there is. They all do. Um, but from a mental standpoint and how mature he is and how he handles brand new situations that he has no experience handling, the way that he consistently handles those well, uh, I'm not. I'm certainly not going to put the ceiling on him.
0: I have one more follow up for Joe Burrow, and then we can move to some other quarterbacks in the NFL. I think a lot of the criticism I've seen from other, you know, quarterback analysts, etc., has been arm talent. He doesn't have an arm that can last in the NFL. He doesn't, he can't make that, you know, opposite hash out route like other quarterbacks can. What's your opinion of arm talent and its importance in the NFL, and how do you kind of mitigate those concerns? Because right now it's an arm talent driven league. If you look at it from, you know, a, a bird's eye view, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Aaron, you know, these guys that have really, really good arms are kind of of what's leading the NFL Um, when you talk about the top quarterbacks in the league what's your opinion of the importance of arm talent Joe Burrow's arm talent and and how you kind of overcome maybe not being a Kyler Murray or Josh Allen in the NFL
2: yeah I think um, you know the the foundation for quarterbacks to to play well and play at a high level for a long period of time it's 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 way more tied to their ability to control the football now velocity is plays a role in that Um, but controlling the football Um, touch, anticipation, accuracy, throwing people open, um, changing your like where you're actually aiming while you're throwing because something's happening mid throwing motion, just your control of the football plus the elements, water, snow, whatever, wind. So your ability to control the football is absolutely the most important characteristic as far as I'm concerned. Velocity is a nice to have, but it's not a prerequisite. And it's not my opinion. Look at some of the greatest of all time. Like no one describes Tom Brady as the goat because his arm talent or Drew Brees because his arm talent. That's not that they have plenty, but and that, there's there's the guy with all like Peyton Manning as well. Like there's the guys with all the touchdown records and all the completion percentage records and all the yards records and all the basically the records that anybody cares about. And so I think it's a nice to have. Um but I don't think it's a prerequisite for success. Now, if you don't have a super strong arm and struggle to control the ball, then you better have something else. And like Lamar Jackson is an example to me of somebody who's got a pretty strong arm, totally strong enough, right? But it's, he's not, nobody compares him to Patrick. But I think he struggles to control the football with accuracy and timing, and t- even on the completions. But that's okay because he has something else. He will absolutely score from any point on the field. And so you have to have something else to offset your deficiencies, whether you're short, whether you have a weak arm, whether you're not that smart or don't see it as fast, like whatever your deficiencies are, you have to have something to offset it or you're in trouble or you're a backup. And so with Joe, he's got more than enough arm and his confidence and his understanding of the game, the X's and O's, protections, where his issues are, all that stuff is his something else. So
1: you work closely with Josh Allen as well, the Buffalo Bills, and he took a almost Joe Burrow-esque leap from year two to year three here in the NFL that Joe Burrow took at LSU. What was the driver behind that? What really changed in his either whether it's mental or the way he's playing the game right now in your eyes, having obviously worked with him closely?
2: Yeah. He likes to close his eyes and guess and chuck it really hard, and it's really just worked out for him so far. <laughs> now uh, no, I'm kidding with Joe with Josh. Um, this dude is a worker, man. He he's really only played meaningful football like for a couple years now. You know, we think about it like how old somebody is, but the reality is, is he was in junior college like five years ago. You know what I mean? Like let that and a, and a and a junior college you've never heard of. <laughs> right yeah so like this is all new this all this guy this guy's still in the phase of learn how to do it how do i do it right how do i do it consistent he hasn't arrived if he ends up mvp this year he's going to show up in the off season and try and figure out how to get better because he's only been doing it kind of the right way playing for really good coaches in buffalo like this is the third year he's only been doing it a little bit um and so with with josh though i think you know he works he works really hard a lot of these guys do though His thing is his ability to um, take something that is different for him, like a mechanical thing, and then put it in a game, put it in where it shows up in the game really fast. When anybody wants to change something mechanically, um, you got to be two things. You got to be all in. You can't spend a lot of time questioning it or going, I don't know, whatever. And then the second thing is it's really underrated. To be coachable and to really change something, you got to be athletic. Cause you gotta be able to take muscle memory that you've been doing it this way for so long and change it. And it actually takes an athlete. I don't care what your 40 time is, but it takes an athlete to be in tune with their body enough to say, okay, this is the old way. Now this is the new way and separate those things. A poor athlete has a hard time with that. Or a guy in his late thirties has a hard time with that. And so Josh is those two things, but I'll tell you what, there's a group of people that are not getting enough credit. And that is Brian Dable, And that is Ken Dorsey. These guys do an amazing job game planning, teaching him, um, helping. I mean, all coaches get paid to coach. I get that. But Brian Dable and Ken Dorsey and that staff that they've assembled in Buffalo has been, I mean, just dynamite this year. Not just on the play calling and the play design, but on managing their quarterback, developing their quarterback pulling back the reins on their quarterback, hitting the gas on their quarterback, all the things that those guys have to do. And they have a unique bond, a great relationship. And it's why they're scoring the way that they are. And Josh is playing the way that he is.
0: I mean, Brian Dable's on his way to a head coaching job. I mean, yeah. that's just how good he's been in Buffalo. And I think with both Joe Burrow and Josh Allen, you talk about situation and, and trying to get better with Josh Allen, adding Stefan Diggs, getting John Brown in free agency, Cole Beasley, adding along that offensive line, they have really done been aggressive with improving the situation around Josh Allen, including, including who's coaching on the sidelines. I I think that kind of naturally pivots the conversation to Sam Darnold, another quarterback you've worked with closely who has not been in a situation where he's seen, you know, the surrounding pieces around him drastically improve. While they've swung the bat on a guy like Denzel Mims out of Baylor, tried to add pieces here and there, he has not been a guy playing behind a good offensive line in his career, had, you know, an elite coaching staff on the side that are doing things similar to what Brian Dable and company are doing. How much has the situation in New York played a factor in Sam Darnold's development, a guy that when he came out of USC, everyone was high on for the tools, the mental processing, all of those things.
2: It's everything. It's just totally <laughs> dependent on the whole entire situation. You know, when Josh and Sam came out that year, they went to eerily similar situations, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they went to a team where, like, both those O-lines were bad. Josh's main receiver, that when he got there, his best receiver was Kelvin Benjamin. Oh, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they didn't – they're they're in turmoil. Uh, they had a new coaching staff, new guys, you know, a lot of key, key new guys. And the difference is Brandon Bean. Brandon Bean, the general manager for the Buffalo Bills, went out and got Derek Anderson to bring in a veteran in the room to be around Josh and then – when Derek left, then he brought in Matt Barkley. And then he brought in Ken Dorsey, who's a former quarterback, who's played at a high level, who used, whose thing wasn't arm talent. It was touch and feel and accuracy. So he comes from a different perspective. Genius. Brian Dable has, has called plays in championship games and won those games at Alabama and New England. So he's a guy, and he's a tough, hard-nosed guy. Brian Dable's from Buffalo, New York. Born and raised, right? And so the weather, all that. Then you move, make the moves to go get Josh the cold weather, the tough guy. He is so Buffalo. You had Cole Beasley and John Brown last year. Then you go get, make the digs thing happen. You draft a young running back. Like he just, it's a pretty good situation. And with Sam got, what he got that second year was a new coach, a new GM and, and a really weird order. <laughs> and Le'Veon Bell, the highest paid running back in the league at that time. It kind of doesn't really fit and it just hasn't worked. And so, I mean, statistically speaking, there's probably a massive gap between Sam and Josh. But is there a gap? I don't know. I don't know which way the gap is because it's hard to compare two players in drastically different situations. But I know this. Sam Darnold is, from a talent perspective and an ability perspective, and I'm uniquely positioned to say this, one of the most talented young quarterbacks in this league. So, if the Jets point to the right direction, they've made some great moves. Uh, Becton is a really good player. We'll see what happens with Mims. Like, I, like, I like Bernard Shard-Perryman. I really like Jameson Crowder. There's, there's some good moves that are up in there. And so if you if, if they can piece this thing together, Sam Darnold is absolutely, whether it's there, and I don't know anything, whether it's there or somewhere else, like, Sam's going to be a really good starter for a long time in this league this these first couple years that were filled with injuries and just bad offense and losses like that's just going to shape him into being becoming a better player but it's absolutely just a matter of time for sam darnold and a bunch of people are going to hear that and go yeah but but he saw ghosts on monday night football <laughs> i'm just telling you you're wrong <laughs>
1: All right, that actually with the Jets makes a good transition to the 2021 quarterback class because at those stands right now, they haven't won a game. They'd be picking first if the season ended, and it looks like a very, very talented quarterback class. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence at the top. What are your thoughts on Lawrence, Fields, and now Zach Wilson and Trey Lance? How good is this quarterback class coming out?
2: Um, I think it could be a really good class. I think Trevor Lawrence is, is as much of a lock as there is. Um, it's just, you know, exactly what he's going to be and what he's going to mean. And it's going to come down to the last five minutes, of what we've been talking about, whoever takes him, what do they do with around him? What do they build around him? Um, and, and on that, you know, there's a couple of quarterbacks that are in these great situations where the timing was perfect. I look at Patrick Mahomes and his entry point into Kansas city, the sitting behind Alex Smith, the Andy Reed, the, and then the wide out and they piece it together. That's an amazing situation for Patrick, not discrediting anything he's doing. But it's a great situation. Lamar Jackson, that place is built around him, right? Jared Goff, that coach, that system, The I mean, his fourth best receiver had 10 targets the other day, Josh Reynolds. They're going to get rid of him because they've got other guys that are awesome too and a nice tight end and a good run game. So just look at those. And now Josh Allen it's kind of that fourth young guy in an ideal situation. Baker, I mean, he's had three head coaches. Sam, we just talked about Josh Rosen. That was a tough situation. Josh Rosen's better than he's than people think. Just terrible situation. So, this next draft class, I don't think we're going to evaluate them off of, you know, Zach Wilson can do these things, but Justin Fields is this. And then, you know, Trey Lance is really unique at these things. I don't really care about any of that stuff. It's who picks who and what do they do around them.
0: I think that's so, a really good take.
2: If, I, I, if, I think. Straight Lance goes fourth out of those four, and goes to a great situation. He'll be the best.
0: I think where the NFL where the NFL is going, and I think you've outlined that clearly, is that the quarterback position is no longer, we have to get my guy, the guy that fits my system. It's the guy, you know, the pocket passer, whoever, baby. It's like, let's go get the best guy and build our entire offense around him. Like what the Baltimore Ravens did with Lamar Jackson, like what the Buffalo Bills are doing with Josh Allen. Like that is where the NFL is trending because you can see now, if you have a talented quarterback that is drafted inside the top 10, top 15, you can build an offense that wins with him. Patrick Mahomes is an outlier and then he probably have success in any system, but he definitely benefits from Andy Reid, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, that offensive line led by Mitchell Schwartz. I think that's definitely an interesting opinion. Who after the big three? So you have, you know, are arguably the big three being Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trevor Lance. Now. Big four. We can throw uh, Zach Wilson in there as well. I know there's some other names that are intriguing. People, Mac Jones of Alabama, Kyle Trask of Florida. Are there names that are, are outside the kind of well-known names right now that you're looking at as legit quarterback prospects in 2021?
2: Yeah, I like both those guys. Um, the two guys that I see is Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. Um, I spent a lot of time with Jordan Love last year. So far, I don't really see a big difference between Desmond Ritter and Jordan Love. Jordan oh Love's God. arm might be a little bit more live, but he's not as much of a runner as Desmond is. And they're kind of like really mature, good dudes who respond. I just don't see a big difference. Mm-hmm. Differences would be that, Desmond's played against a lot better competition had a lot more success they're undefeated I think they're ranked fourth, fifth, sixth, something like that in the country um, and uh, but he's got a super quick release and a really bright future so Desmond Ritter is a guy that I think is going to get really hot at the end and another guy who's going to creep up from further back but he's going to creep up is Shane Bichelle from SMU um, he's been prolific he's drafted as a baseball player um, athlete competitor started off at Texas, then went to SMU, and he's basically just thrown a bunch of touchdowns, no picks, and won most of the games he's played in at SMU, We've kind of turned that program around. Um, so I think that's another guy where he may get drafted, you know, outside of the second, third round, but once he gets in there, he's just – we see the Jake Lutons, we see Gardner Minchu's we see Kyle Allen's. Like, we see all these guys get chances to play. He's one of those guys where if he gets a chance to play, he's probably not going to come out. And so um, – those are two names that kind of stick out to me, but it's also early. I haven't really done a deep dive. I kind of in December is when I kind of break down everybody. So of those top four guys, I, I don't even know how I'd rank two, three, and four. Trevor is the top guy in my opinion, but um, but I, I, have, I like Trey Lance a lot. I think Justin Fields brings some unique things, um, but I haven't really broken them down yet based off of what I'm hearing from the people that I think are smart um, and from what I've seen thus far, Zach Wilson might be the second quarterback taken off the board.
0: Wow. There you have it. This quarterback class, man, is going to be so good. Jordan, this was fantastic. Really appreciate you coming on the podcast. We'll have to get you on closer to the draft, maybe after you do that December deep dive in the quarterback class, because this was great. Really appreciate you coming
2: on. Happy to. Thanks, guys.
0: All right, that's going to do it. Fantastic podcast, Mike. Really good stuff with Jordan Palmer. Excited for that. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Keep food on the table for Mike Renner and myself. Until next time, until Monday, Austin Gale, Mike Renner, one Drafts.